Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. Retirement Unlimited is an informative weekly radio program dedicated to offering factual information and sound advice for those wanting to know more about retirement planning. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances. Information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor. Now, here's Randy Barkley. Welcome to Retirement Unlimited. This is the radio program that is dedicated to helping you make smart decisions about your money. I'm your host, Randy Barkley, and I'm here with Jeremiah Lee. We are with Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm and we are located in Riverside. We serve the Inland Empire. We are certified financial planners. There's four of us in our office that are certified. Jeremiah is certified as well as being an attorney, and he helps our clients with estate planning and other legal things that they need assistance with. If you'd like to know more about our firm, I would really strongly suggest that you go to our website, which is www.retirementunlimited.com. Or just simply call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Now, every week what we do is we divide our program into three parts. The first part is what I refer to as retirement update. The second one is tactical asset management. And the third one is news you can use. Now, in the first segment of the program today, we're going to talk about something that isn't really discussed that much, and that is special needs planning. Now, what that means is, is that if you have a child or somebody that's dependent that has some special needs, mental or physical, should you be structuring your estate or your life, so to speak, to help that person down the road? This is this is a this can be a big deal. Yeah. And the, and the planning aspect of it goes beyond just a special needs trust, which we've talked about in the right, past. Right. But but really planning for the the livelihood and the independence of that person in your life. This same planning aspect and the thoughts also apply to people who are just getting older. You know, we have a number of clients who, as they'll, they'll age, they'll update their home, you know, to say we need, you know, a one-story home, we need more accessible, um, just ways to get around. And the same idea applies to an individual who's just aging or an individual who um, has special needs from birth. Now, they, they talk about, you know, some people who specialize in this. Now, we, we have clients who have special needs, and we are acting as uh, trustees for them. Clients have asked us to step into that role. But there's things called an able trust, which is kind of an it's, it's a different structure on dealing with people that are still able to take care of things themselves. Uh, do you want to expand a little bit more yeah, on that? These, these able accounts, uh, as a lot of people call them, they it's it's an interesting structure in that a lot of times you do a special needs trust. The idea is that the individual who has the special needs has um, no ability to control their own life, you know, and so it's an right. extreme case. But the reality is people are, there's a broad spectrum of capabilities and needs. And there's a lot of folks who can't be 100% independent, but they have a lot of decision-making right. and capability. And, and an Enable account can allow them to exercise that. Um, it, basically, it's an account that they can have, I think it's up to about $100,000 they can have in the account, but it, it still remains separated from uh, their estate in the sense for uh, government aid, social security, things right, like that. So they're still protected. They're not going to lose uh, social security or anything that comes as far as health insurance benefits from the state of you know, the state that they're in. So these ABLE accounts are unique in the sense that you can give money 
to people that are still receiving benefits. And that's a lot of times in the past, you wanted to separate out the benefits and have the benefits separated over in these special needs trusts. And the person themselves may have some capability. Yeah. You know, and with the special needs trust, often they have zero control. Right. And if they have a great team, maybe it's not needed, but there's a lot of folks that, that like I said, they have some needs, but they still have the capability to manage the, uh, a portion of their own finances. I, I think it's even akin to someone who's 18 or 19 who walks into a large inheritance. Right. Um, it, it's ideal that they have a team around them. And a lot of the, the special needs planning we find is building that team for the individual, you know, knowing that they have financial advisors, they have personal advisors, they have even, I don't know if you call a mobility advisor, but they have someone who is engaged with them to make sure they can get around. Um, one of the things we talk about is driving. Driving is just a major mm -hmm. item as people right. age, as well as for people with special needs and the ability to, to, to figure out a method that they can still be mobile. We've got some clients that have um, children that are autistic. And of course, if you're listening to us right now talk about it, and if you have personal experience with this, either through children or grandchildren, you know that autism has a spectrum, you know, people that are highly functional to those people that are very disabled by it. So it really depends upon and has to be evaluated. And I think, you know, from our perspective, I don't think we're equipped to evaluate that. So we would need additional help and support from the family as well as other professionals yeah. to help determine what the needs are. Yeah, and I guess the, the planning asset, when I, when I think of from the big picture, is really planning. Right. It's building a spending plan. You know, when, yeah. What's this individual's kind of spending needs? Um, what are they capable of? You know, as far right. as um, getting around, making decisions, what are they going to be doing? You know, mm -hmm. as far as, you know, vocational, getting a job or different things. So I think the, in my mind, the special needs planning, you know, has to do with the you know, legal structures and certain accounts, but it's really much broader than that. It's, right. it's looking at each individual person and saying, you know, what, how can we best come alongside them, you know, push for their independence, push mm -hmm. for their own, they're going to live their life, you know, as much as they can with, within, like you said, whatever part of the spectrum they're on. So, yeah, I, I think it's a really important tool to consider and to build a team around, whether it's special needs, like you said, for a child or for someone who's just aging to really think through how to best support that person. And these ABLE accounts have some restrictions. First of all, the diagnosis of somebody, of somebody who needs who falls into this, this uh, guideline has to be before age 26 for whatever reason. I'm not sure why that law was, you know, the, the line, so to speak, but there's very specific. You can't, um, contributions have to be capped at $15,000, but they can hold up to $100,000 separate. And uh, going back to what you made the comment on, you know, there needs to be a spending plan, but there also needs to be monitoring. Yeah. Somebody's got to be interfacing with that person to make sure that they're not, first of all, they're not misusing the funds that they have, but secondly, they're not being uh, taken advantage of. I mean, that, that's really a key thing. So yeah, that really is. And these accounts, because you said there's a $15,000 contribution limit, it's not a last minute planning, right? It's not a, Oh, we need to do this, throw some money there. It, it, it's over time. So that's an right. account that if it was a young child, you could build that account up over time, knowing that at some point, you know, the, the caregivers, you know, the parents, usually whoever it may be, may not be in the picture. And then this, this individual can make their own choices and, right. you know, saying uh, they have a pool of money that which they can have full control. I think it's an empowering option when that, when that is reasonable for the individual. Yeah. Cause I mean, under the uh, guidelines, if you have everything separated in a special needs trust, you're limited as to what you can give as, as far as the amount of money that they have access yeah. to, to a very small amount. But if somebody really is able mm -hmm. to take care of, do most of their decisions, they just need some help at certain levels. And again, that spectrum could be a wide variety of differences between one person to the next. So again, I think these are things that we want to take a good hard look at yep. to see whether or not this is something that's suitable for our clients. Yep. 
Yeah, end of the day, it's planning. You know, it, it is the way we treat any of our clients is to you know view them as individuals, not as statistics or likelihoods, right. but individual, and then to walk through that with them. And this is just one more layer of that that there's folks who have special needs, and so I think it, it warrants some further specific planning. And I think what you're hearing from us is that we are we're a firm that's different than most other firms that just deal with investments. We take the entire spectrum of all the needs in the family, trying to figure out what's best not only for the people that are, let's say, the parents in this situation, but also the children and or other um, dependents in the family to come up with the best planning structure. Jeremiah has the legal background, but we also have resources that we would go to to help bring to the table to come up with the best plan and structure. And if you'd like to know more about that, I would suggest that you give us a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Remember, the first interview is always free. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about tactical asset management. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned he can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as tactical asset management. You know, Jeremiah, all we're doing is having a continual discussion about where the economy's at and where we think it's going to go. And of course, inflation is always at the top of the top of the list of subject mm-hmm. matters. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we're going to bring in another part of this whole thing, and that's called productivity. Probably, I don't know of anybody in the talking heads on television or that I read about is. What's productivity have to do with inflation, right? Right. And I think we're going to hear more and more about this. I mean, right. um, you know, we're starting to see some articles come out, but you know, we've spoken a little bit about this previously in that over the, the pandemic, there was a number of companies that are now more profitable. You know, they went through lockdown. There was all this difficult. We thought, you know, a lot of people thought the numbers were going to be bad, but the numbers actually came out, even though the revenues had gone down, their costs had gone down dramatically. So yeah, the profit margins went up. Yeah, right? profit margins went up. So they're sitting on these, these wads of cash, a lot of these publicly traded companies. And the question is, how do they do that? Well, it's it's the productivity that they had. Instead of you know five workers producing a set amount of goods, they now have three workers producing right. the same amount of goods. Right. And some of that in the short term could be that the, the people just worked harder and you know uh, did it. Yeah, my, my sense is they probably did. They probably didn't. <laughs> Everyone was trying to survive this. But the reality is, I think people are utilizing technology and, and the, the story we were talking about is a restaurant. You know, a lot of times you go to a restaurant and a server comes up and speaks with you and takes your order. Someone else comes later to bring drinks. And if you go, there's a number of restaurants now that you go to, and there's just a uh, iPad sitting on the table. It's all set up. The technology's there. Yeah. You push the food you want. It comes out. And that's been a, a big, it, we're starting to see that, but I think we're going to see more of that. So you think of the number of employees that restaurant had to have. Maybe they need to have 20 folks there. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they're down to only having 10 folks. They got cooks and food runners but they don't have to have a, a 
whole crew of servers. And, and again, at the end of the day, they may pay those people more. That's right. They may, they may give jobs. they may give that those service sectors they may give them more to show up. Yeah. And so they're having to have a wage increase, but at the end of the day, their profitability is better too. Yeah, potentially. And that's that's productivity. You know, fewer folks doing more. Right. And you know, we see this as even as you go back to. Um, you know, the, the turn of the century and things like that. You know, the, it's people were were being more productive, and that, that is the biggest boost that the American economy has had right. periodically. And so, yeah, it's an interesting idea of where we're at right now that we're starting to see productivity. And I think a driver of this, you know, as you talk about inflation, the driver is is the job market. Right. You know, people are hard to get, and they're becoming more expensive to get to get good folks. And so, I think firms are trying to be innovative. Yeah, and I think, and I think the comparison with what happened in two thousand eight, when we came out of two thousand eight, that was you know was considered the Great Recession. Well, you had high unemployment, but you also had banks that were very weak. They had mm-hmm. to recapitalize. They, you know, I always made the comment that this this was a credit crisis, and they loaned far too much money to people that weren't able to pay it back. It created the speculation in the marketplace that came back and really bit the banks hard. But at the same point in time, as we came out of 2008, it's different than coming out of COVID. We have the banks are strong. Uh, they're, they want to loan money to people that are capable to, capable to borrow it and pay it back. Uh, we, have, we have lower unemployment, not high unemployment. Uh, you have a jolts. You have a job market that mm-hmm. is over 10 million jobs. Mm-hmm. And you got people that are unemployed that are less than that. So yeah. why, why aren't the two matching up? But again, you got all these forces at yeah. work. That's and again, right. our comments earlier, and I, in fact, it went back to the newsletter that we released here last month, and that schools are a big part mm. of this recovery because you have young mothers that are reluctant to take full-time jobs or to take jobs in the marketplace if the schools aren't going to stay open or right. daycare isn't available to right. them. So so you have all these factors that are kind of coming into play. Right. And I think in, in the unique moments you know, that, that's different for 2021 now is you know throughout 2020, technology was forced upon so many people, right? Zoom calls, team calls, you know, whatever technology platform you're using that the clients became accustomed to it. We were even talking in our office. We almost always saw people face-to-face, whether we travel to their home or they come to our office and we might get in, you know, two, three, four meetings a day. Whereas now we, we meet over Zoom or Teams on a regular basis with clients. It saves the travel time. So for us to get in four five or six meetings is not unreasonable, right? You know, that, that, that's an option now. And it's made us, I guess I would say, productive. And I'm sure there's a number of listeners who've experienced the same. They may not like Teams, may not like Zoom, have that, that Zoom fatigue. However, there is an element that they've become more productive yeah. in meeting with folks. And again, I think at, at, at the core of this, and people talk about you know, inflation is going to be driven because there's just so much cash on the sidelines. Uh, the one thing that COVID has done with all the stimulus money and people not traveling, not spending money, is they've built up this massive amount of capital. And I mean, it's in the trillions of dollars. It's not a small amount of money. So everybody's expecting that this is going to drive inflation. It may or may not. They could be just waiting to get the right bargain or whatever they buy into. So you can't force consumers to buy. Uh, I think Christmas is going to be kind of evident of kind of a breakout, so to speak. Christmas this year, I think, is maybe weird just because of the um, supply issues. of A lot of people want to have this great Christmas you know, they have the finances to do it. However, they can't get the goods they want. And that could drive odd inflation, you know? Uh, right. I remember years ago, there's what the, the Elmo's that was, everyone <laughs> wanted to get the certain Elmo toy. Shows your age. Yeah, you know, know what I'm talking that about? That was a lot of ages years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, but, but certain things that, that parents were trying to get, I, I could see some of that happening. There's just short supply of whatever the interesting toys are this year. 
Um, but, but that doesn't necessarily mean there's inflation, you know, broadly speaking. Right. It just means that we have it, these. It goes back stocks. to that comment that we, well, that the subject matter we brought, talked about last week called trim inflation or trim, mm-hmm. trim. So it's taking 10,000 items on a large, on, on a scale of time and looking at really the core inflation. And that's why we think inflation is going to be relatively uh, transitory. It's yeah. going to, it's going to move through. We'll probably see a bump. But you take that and add that into the productivity that we're talking about. We don't think it's going to be embedded yeah. forever. Uh, people aren't just going to buy things um, just because they have money and it's more expensive. I think people are going to be more prudent than that. Yeah, and the productivity. I mean, that's the the biggest driver of our economy over over times. So, yeah, you know, right. Um, history past. So I, I'm interested of where this goes. And the, the good part about productivity is you can have pay wage pay increases. You can have you know great job stability, innovation. The negatives is that it's it's a shift. You know, yeah. Jobs that used to exist, like in our example of a, a server at a restaurant, those jobs may just not exist the same way they used to. Right. And so there have to be a, 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 an economy that's adapting to that. Mm-hmm. And there will be um, shifts. And some people may enjoy those shifts. Others may struggle with that. But it'll be across the board. I think we're going to see a productivity jump. Yeah, I think I think the service, the way in which uh, jobs, uh, or what you do for your job, I think all of us are going to be affected by COVID. All of us are going to be affected by this technology. And I think at the end of the day, there's going to be adjustments. I, 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 I don't know of any business that isn't going through an evaluation of how do I make myself, how do I make my profit better, even though I have to pay higher wages. Yeah. That's going to be the answer to inflation always. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, going to, it's going to be able to pay people more because there's rarity there. So you're going to pay, pay good quality people. You're going to pay them more to come to work. Also, you're going to pay more to retain them, yeah. but the business is going to do whatever they can to control their profit, right? Yeah, remain profitable and, and remain in business. I mean, there's a lot of you know, business owners who want to make more money themselves, but a lot of them want to keep the doors open and right. keep, keep the people they have employed. And I think that's a, a noble task, you know, just to keep these jobs secure for your team. Right. So we'll see as we go forward. I, I'm looking for productivity and it'll be interesting how we change work. Yeah, and I think I think again we always make the comments. We're looking for inflation. We're looking for embedded long-term inflation because that has an impact on bonds. It has an impact on on equities. It has an in, impact on spending power of our clients as they move into retirement. So this is a very critical subject. It's a very important thing for us to keep observing and analyzing on a continual basis. But for right now, we don't see it as problematic as what we saw back in the 70s and the early mm-hmm. 80s. It doesn't seem to have the same uh, embedded aspects of it. But again, if you'd like to know more about this or talk to us individually about this and how we gather our thoughts and our opinion and all the team of people, you know, the team of economists and analysts that we work with to help us bring this information to you individually, give us a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Stay tuned for our next section. We're going to talk about news you can use. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org. Or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor. Clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. 
Welcome back. This is the section of the program that we refer to as news you can use. Jeremiah, I had a client who uh, called me and we had a conversation with her and I, and I said, how are you doing? She said, well, I just found out I had, I had some problems with my liver. Mm. And I said, what was that? She said, I have a fatty liver. She said, and, and I know the client. I mean, she's not somebody that's overweight. She's somebody that takes care of herself. And I don't know. I don't, I assume if she's listening to me, I'm assuming you don't drink heavily, mm-hmm. but um, she was really surprised that she had this. And anyway, bottom line is she was diagnosed with it, but some minor changes to her diet and her exercise changed the outcome. Yeah. And so she sent me this article. It's called Medical Manners. It actually comes from a Consumer Reports article, and we're more than happy to send it out to you. But it was very interesting because for people that are 60 and older, this could be a really kind of a hidden problem that could come back and and, and could cause a lot of severe problems, like yeah. like even transplants or cancer down the road. You know, yeah. when the article we, we spoke about before is you know, the liver is a unique organ. <laughs> yeah, know? it's able to repair itself. It's able to come back from damage. And so, folks who are having issues with this type of diagnosis, like you said, it's not just treatable in the sense that you can change your lifestyle. But your liver can then recover yeah. and, and come back to full functionality. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that talks about, I mean, it, it, in this article, it talks about there is a, a really big increase of people that have been analyzed with this particular fatty liver disease, basically is what it's called. And a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that we as Americans, we probably are carrying more weight than we should be and we're not exercising as much. But there's some things that you can do that has a pretty immediate impact upon the healing of your liver and you know going based on what um, jeremiah you said the liver has a is a, is a pretty unique organ that it recovers yeah. it, it rebuilds itself yeah and then the, the breadth of this issue you know this article you know per their, their study said that 40 percent of adults ages 16 older have a fatty litter liver and, 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 and most not, of most people don't even know it wouldn't know it yeah yeah and and a fatty liver you know it, my understanding i'm not a doctor neither is randy but um the the fatty isn't, you know, the fat that would be the rest of your body. It's a special specific thing to the liver right, and right. It, it impedes the liver's ability to process. And we, we were just shocked reading this and realized how prevalent this is, but also yeah. how treatable, you know, people that are in essence suffering through as their body ages and realizing, you know, a couple of minor changes and this could really clear things up. Yeah. It's one of the things that you can take care of. I mean, it's not something that, um, you know, you have a genetic problem that you have to carry with the rest of your life, but, you know, first of all, this article talks about is get a liver checkup. Make sure you understand what your panels are and the enzymes and such as that and talk to your physician. Apparently, a lot of general practitioners don't check for the liver. It's something they just don't look at. The other thing is to lose weight. I mean, of course, we've heard this from a lot of different um, you know, medical people is that losing weight is always good, but also go Mediterranean. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I liked, I read through this, is that um, uh, drink a lot of fluids, but also mm-hmm. green tea is something that I've done. I started years ago and I take, uh, I, I, I bruised myself some green tea and I drink it every single day. And I think it has some, well, at least I hopefully, hopefully <laughs> has some long-term benefits yeah. and this article kind of talks about it. Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah. I think it's the, the, you know, beyond just weight loss and diet changes, just being active, right. um, which, you know, you hear this from doctors over and over again, but, you know, I think a lot of our clients, it's not just that we talk about, you know, financial health, which is the main thing we talk about, but we care about them, you know, we right. care about them in so many different ways. And, and we have so many clients that are just choosing to remain active, you know, right. even as they're aging, they, re- they choose to remain active and that does wonders 
Um, so it's an interesting article. I'm glad you pulled it out just to kind of share with folks. Yeah, that- and, I, and I think, again, if you'd like to have a free reprint of this, just give us a call. It's called How to Take Care of Your Liver. It's not. It's probably not the hottest topic in your household, but I think it could be very important for you. Be happy to send out a free reprint out to you. Also, if you want to talk about anything that we've talked about in the in the radio program today, give us a call at 951-684-7011 or just simply go to our website, www.retirementunlimited.com. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley. For more information about today's show or other questions regarding your retirement planning, call Randy at 951-684-7011. That's 951-684-7011. Remember, retirement planning is a process, not a product. So call Randy at 951-684-7011 or visit his website at retirementunlimited.com. And be sure to tune in next week for another edition of Retirement Unlimited. Proper advice depends on complete analysis of all the facts and circumstances, the information given on this program is in the nature of general financial comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. This is to protect your assets. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent. California license number 0518567. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated. Tricord Advisors, Inc. is a registered investment advisor.